It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings on this Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, it's where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale continues. Special financing available on all their amazing deals at Family Leisure 2120 Whitten Road. That is just north of I-40, and the first hour of the program is brought to you each and every day by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Well, the weather, it's changed, and at least the temperatures are dropping. 51 degrees, and we're not going to get much warmer. In fact, we're going to drop. We're going to drop into the 40s throughout the day. We're going to go into the 30s overnight, which is a far cry from yesterday, when the temperatures reached the mid-70s. And it'll be like this for a couple of days with temperatures only getting into the 50s, and then things will warm up this weekend. But we do have some thunderstorms and a little bit of rain still in the area. may not be in uh, your neck of the woods, but certainly it's out there. But before too long, that will roll out of the Memphis area. Got wind still howling yesterday, really howling, with gusts over 30 miles per hour, up to 40. Right now the wind at 17 miles per hour. So we got a feel-like temperature, 46 degrees right now as you get your Wednesday morning started. That's the temperature. That's the weather forecast. Here's what's coming up on the show today at 8.05. Andy Borman joins us as he does every Wednesday. Memphis Tigers assistant basketball coach. The Tigers will hit the road today, head to Greenville, North Carolina to play East Carolina tomorrow night before returning Sunday for Senior Day. Final home game against UAB. Just three games remain in the regular season for the Tigers. Jerry Palm at 825 with his latest bracketology. He's updating it daily now at cbssports.com. And then at 905, we'll talk Grizzlies with the Michael Cole. The Grizzlies back in action tonight in Minnesota. And then they're back home Friday and Saturday. Back-to-back games to take on the Portland Trailblazers both nights, Friday and Saturday. We have a lot of college basketball and NBA to talk about. Last night almost felt like March Madness got underway as far as the tournament is concerned. We had down-to-the-wire finishes, buzzer beaters, and then some, and we had some in the NBA as well. We'll take your calls and texts on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. We'll tell you what the NBA may be doing to try to cut down on the offense, believe it or not. And the American Conference is getting ready to release its football schedule for the 2024 season. That's all coming up on the program today. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I am I'm good today. Man, I, I'm telling you, I'm so tired of wind. Whew. Yesterday was rough. I did the Tigers game yesterday against UT Martin. And you know, you call baseball. Sometimes when you have those games where the wind is howling like that and it's going out at the stadium you're at, Sometimes players will overswing because they're so anxious. You know if you get it up in the jet stream, it's going to go. And so Jeff Brightwell was telling me, he goes, that, you know, that happens a lot. And I said, no, I, I think we'll see some fireworks. Eight home runs in the game. 
one off the top of the wall that missed by inches. Probably should have been nine. And yet it didn't feel like a slugfest at all. Tigers fell in the first to two to UT Martin. But anyway, that's what I dealt with yesterday. And um, that's what people around here dealt with. Winds sustained 20 to 30 and gusts up to 40. So the winds are still blowing today. Not as hard, but um, it is still blowing. So, yeah, it's kind of weird, man. February, we've had a mixture. We've had the cold. We've had the warm weather. We had 75 yesterday. We're getting 50s. Low 50s today is a high, so deal with it the way uh, the way you should, and that's, uh, you know, what are you going to do about it? Not much you can do, right? Not much you can do about wind. Not much you can do about anything as far as weather Rip. is concerned. I have no control over the weather, but it's been every time it's been warm, basically. Right. Um, it's been windy as heck. Uh, tough on the golf, tough on the golf course. It's very tough on the golf course, but I'll take wind if I have somewhat warmth. You know me, I don't want it too hot, but yesterday felt great. Just felt great. It's, it's in the mid-70s. I don't care if it's windy. It's when it's 40 and windy, when it feels like it's 30 or 25, that's that that's the killer. But last night, speaking of feeling, it, it felt like the NCAA tournament was underway. I know it wasn't a full slate of games, but the games that were played last night, the Mountain West... Had some really entertaining games. If you wanted to stay up late and watch those games, the SEC, there were a few games, a few surprises as well. And we begin at the hump in Starkville, where Mississippi State had a golden opportunity. They're still in the field right now, and they've played well, certainly of late, having won over Ole Miss and then went on to Baton Rouge and beat LSU. But they had Kentucky in front of a home rabbit fan base. They had the lead early, then they fell behind, then they rallied, a really nice rally in the end. But Kentucky wins it on a Reed Shepard floater in the lane, about a 15-footer. That kid, a freshman, is unbelievable. 32 points, he did everything. You foul him, he's making the free throws, it's automatic. That was after Josh Hubbard had hit a three to tie it for Mississippi State. I believe Hubbard's a freshman as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that one came right down to the wire. Shepard hits the shot. They put .5 back on the clock, and they threw the ball down court, and who went up and jumped jumped up and, and caught it to end the game, Shepard himself. So Reed did everything for Kentucky, and they get the win at the hump, 91-89. to Yeah, this was the uh, the Reed-Shepard game. Um, this is, when you watch this, this is why... He is up there in the mock drafts and so highly rated. I still, um, I like him. I think he's really good. I, I don't like him as a top 10 pick. Uh, but last night he was 32 points, seven assists, five rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Like he did, he was just absolutely incredible. Um, and he's certainly capable of that. And Hubbard was unbelievable. The other, that dude could flat out shoot it. Um, and, Hits seven threes. I mean, that three he hit to tie the game is just there's ain't nothing, can't stop that. I mean, that's just that's just a guy making a heck of a shot, and he is a electric player um, for Mississippi State. Tough loss for them. I mean, they they could have gotten that win. That would have been massive for them in, in putting themselves, um, you know, helping that bubble resume. Um, as it is, it ends up being a home loss, which is you, you certainly don't want those this time of year. Kentucky. 
Now with the back-to-back wins, beating Alabama the way they did, going into Starkville and getting a win, two huge wins for them to to pretty much, I would say at this point, now they're almost a lock to make the tournament after there was some question when you looked at the remaining schedule and how difficult it was. But to start that off the way they have, um, certainly very impressive for them and two huge wins for them for that resume. Yeah, Kentucky looked like they wanted to give that one away. Thought Calipari was going to lose his mind, but... They made the shots. They made the plays. And again, Reed Shepard was terrific. I'm with you. I I don't know how. I know how his game relates to the NBA, but I don't know if he necessarily relates to the NBA as a top 10 pick. He is athletic. He's more athletic than you think. He's not just this simple shooter that buries just about everything. The guy can really run the court. He had a great breakaway layup, reverse layup that he got fouled on. Just... Finishing at the rim strong, plays a little bit of defense, not a lot of defense. He'll get better. So I don't know. There's a lot of guys in the draft that I'm kind of suspect about. They could end up being great. I don't know. That's why we try to bring experts on to evaluate. And and they're still, even though they're experts, guessing most of the time, educated guesses, but guessing most of the time because it is a crapshoot. But I like this kid. He's really good. I like this Kentucky team. I know they've had times where they've faltered and wilted. But I, I still like this team to, to make make a run. A um, couple of other games in the SEC last night. LSU, after losing to Mississippi State, bounced back and nipped Georgia 67-66 as these teams all battle for seeding in the SEC tournament. And then Arkansas... They, they won a couple of games recently. You thought, well, maybe they found something. They lose at home to Vanderbilt, 85-82. to 82. Yeah, that's, um, with the win at Texas A&M, you thought maybe, and they fouled that up. They had a nice, you know, they kind of dominated Missouri. Now, Caleb Battle um, followed his 42 up with 36. Wow. So he's... Uh, Averaging 39 points over his last two games. It's certainly not his fault. But, yeah, that is a, uh, yeesh. That is a. It's a horrible loss. Terrible loss. Um, Even in a terrible season, that is a glaringly bad loss on your home floor. By the way, where does Caleb Battle's talents translate as far as the NBA? Uh, I don't. I don't see his name. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think he'll be. Just a really good college player. Yeah, I mean he's he's a good good college player who's gotten hot for two straight games and had two incredible games in a row. But yeah, I don't I don't see him necessarily as some NBA guy. Tonight in the SEC, some big games: Alabama, who got throttled by Tennessee or by Kentucky, excuse me, Kentucky, play at Ole Miss. We know that Ole Miss just lost to South Carolina. Both teams at 19 and 8. Alabama, though, firmly in the field. Ole Miss on the outside of the bubble now. They're on the bubble, but on the outside of the field. Jerry Palm will join us later on today, as he does every Wednesday, to give us his latest. He has not posted his latest yet at CBSSports.com, although he does it daily. So that'll be coming up and being posted soon on the on their website. But he'll be joining us. We'll get his thoughts on what's happening in the SEC and everything else around the country. But a huge game for Ole Miss. 
Again, six-and-a-half-point underdogs at home at the Pavilion. Yeah, this will be, uh, you know, they they can they keep up? Can they just score enough to keep up with Alabama? It's always the question when you play Alabama, but um, you know, Ole Miss wants to slow it down. Alabama wants to get out, run, do their thing. Um, be an interesting battle. I'm sure it'll be a raucous atmosphere um, down there at the Pavilion. I've got the call of the baseball game this afternoon, so I'm going to hang around and, and go to the basketball game as well to check check that out. But uh, certainly Ole Miss could use the win. Um, they, they need something. something. You think it's a must? Uh, I don't know if it's a must, but it's, it's, it's a win that they could really use mm-hmm. because they just need a quality win. Um, they've lost, what, six out of seven, is it now? Um, and they not only need a win, but they need a quality win, and certainly Alabama would pr- provide that if they could get it. South Carolina travels to College Station. They are 18th ranked. They'll play Texas A&M, and A&M season has kind of gone kaput here in the last three weeks. They're now 15-12 and 12 overall. A&M, though, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And then a big showdown. On the hill in Knoxville, Tennessee, fourth-ranked. Auburn, 11th-ranked. Bruce Pearl returns to his old stomping grounds. Both teams 21-6. and six. Tennessee fighting for possibly a one seed, and I think there's a good chance if they can continue on and win the SEC tournament championship. Vols, six-and-a-half-point favorites. That uh, That's a heck of a battle. Those are two really good teams, two teams that can really guard you. That, that game... Could get ugly because of just they're both really good defensively. Now they both have the potential to be good offensively as well. So um, that that game could be easily played in the fifties, or it might be up in the seventies or eighties. That, that that's it, it could go either way. But that's two really good basketball teams who will certainly get after you on the defensive end. One final game in the SEC tonight: twenty fourth ranked Florida will play host to Missouri. So I mentioned last night, we we talked about the Kentucky game that comes right down to the wire. There were some other tremendous games that came down to the wire, and that included some games out west. Wild night in the Mountain West. The Mountain West has gotten a lot of props, and and probably deservingly so. Uh, Last night, Nevada beats Colorado State 77-74 as... Jarrett Lucas hit a three from half court to win it for Nevada. Yeah, there's um, there was something in the air last night um, between that and what Max Struess did at the NBA level. But, I mean, you'd start hitting half court shots to win games. Like, that's – there's no more, like I – mean, everybody – as kids, that's what you do. Like that's that's the stuff you do, um, and to throw it up and to win a basketball game like that, I I can't even imagine what that feels like. Yeah, here are some of the results from the Mountain West. Again, very quietly having a really good year. We'll we'll see what happens as far as Selection Sunday and how many they get in. But UNLV goes to Wyoming, wins in overtime. Uh, you had Utah State, twenty second ranked, going to overtime at Fresno to win seventy seven seventy three. Just mentioned Nevada wins on a half court shot. At Colorado State in Fort Collins, 77-74. And San Diego State, 20th ranked, uh, beat San Jose State, 72-64. Also, Boise crushed Air Force uh, on the road. Nationally, number one, Houston just turned number one, right? Just was voted in number one in the latest AP poll. Played Cincinnati, old American Conference rivals. Houston wins 67-59, to so they just continue to roll right along. And they... Defensively, they are a uh, they are 
unbelievably good. And again, they just play they just play so hard on the defensive end for him. They've done it forever. Um, he gets guys who will buy in and do that, and they are just tough to score against. American Conference, nothing last night, but tonight there is four games. The Tigers will not play until tomorrow night when they play in Greenville against East Carolina. We'll have more on that when Andy Borman joins us at 8.05, Tigers assistant coach. But tonight you have North Texas at Tulane. You have Tulsa at UTSA, Wichita State at UAB, and you have Temple at Rice. Tomorrow, as I mentioned, with the Tigers in action taking on East Carolina. So you have uh, really the games tonight not as impactful for Memphis as we know the Tigers have to win their final three and get a lot of help. Maybe it's it's too tall a hill to climb, but trying to get into that top four. Saturday, maybe more, we'll paint the picture a little bit more clear. Tulane at Florida Atlantic and Tulane upset FAU. Memphis still has to play in Boca a week from this Saturday. You have UTSA going to SMU. Can they pull the upset? You have USF at Charlotte. Charlotte almost won down there in Tampa. What will happen between those two? And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. So those games are all important when it comes to Memphis. I still think... Again, it's going to be extremely tough to get into that top four. Memphis will more than likely have to play four and win four in four days to get the uh, the American Conference AQ. Talking about how good Houston's defense is, in Ken Palm's defensive efficiency numbers, the gap between Houston at one and Tennessee at two is larger than the gap between Tennessee at two and the 19th-ranked team in defense. Wow. Like, Houston is historically good. (laughs) Like, 87 points per 100 possessions. Like, it's just unbelievable what they do on the defensive end. Well, and they do it every year, and that's why it was very impressive with what Memphis did last year in winning the conference tournament title and knocking off Houston the way they did and had some success against the Houston Cougars. But the teams that have moved into the Big 12, we talked a little bit about BYU yesterday. They have had some success. And most people would say that the Big 12 is the best overall conference this year from top to bottom. And last night, you had the Cougars go in to Fog Allen, where Kansas is nearly unbeatable at home. And they knock off the seventh-ranked Jayhawks, seventy-six to sixty-eight. One of the most impressive wins you'll see all season. Yeah, I, 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 I saw the number. I, I think this is like, I, I missed exactly what it was, but I, I believe this was only like Bill Self's second weekday conference loss at home, or something like that, in his entire time at Kansas. Well, wow. like during the week, they just don't they they don't lose at home. Hardly ever, anyway. Like it's it's very hard to beat Kansas at home. But I think this is in his entire time there. I think is the second time he's lost during the week. Wow, that's incredible. So Houston, twelve and three, leading the Big Twelve. Iowa State very quietly having a tremendous year. Like Houston, they're sixteen and zero at home. Both Houston and Iowa State, sixteen and zero at home. 
Kansas is in third place, tied with Baylor at 9-6. and six. And then you have Texas Tech, BYU, TCU, all at 8-7, and seven, followed by Oklahoma at 7-8. and eight. They're headed to the SEC, of course, and then Texas at 7-8. and eight. Kansas State at 7-8. and eight. Texas also headed to the SEC. Then you drop down to two of the teams that came from the American, UCF 5-9 and nine in the conference, Cincinnati 5-10. and 10. Then Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Most believed that those teams would certainly take some punishment in their first year in the Big 12, and they have. Although overall, UCF 14 and 12, Cincinnati 16 and 12 are having pretty solid seasons. But in that Big 12, as competitive as it is, Houston, no letdown. They look fantastic. But BYU, 20 and 8 overall. Just one of the surprises. And that's the team right now. They're in the field, are they not? Right now, BYU? Oh, yeah. Even though they're not ranked. I know they were ranked and they're not ranked anymore. But, I mean, if they weren't, they certainly are after that win over Kansas. The um, Among the other things from that game last night, Kansas had, had, an, uh, had won 82 straight at home when leading at halftime. That ended last night. And they had a 67-game home winning streak against unranked opponents. That end last night, so it's pretty, pretty impressive win for BYU. <laughs> they were they were doing things last night that that don't get done at Kansas very often. Yeah, it's it's right on cue because we were talking about them being an impress uh, an impressive team yesterday on the show. Speaking of being impressive, they're always impressive because of their service, their commitment to excellence, and the automobiles that they have at All Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch, including the new Silverado. All-Star Chevy in Olive Branch has financing down to 2.9 for 72 months, up to 5,000 in cash. Plus, you make no payments for 90 days. All these beautiful vehicles like the Silverados, the Equinox, the Trailblazers, the Tahoes. You're going to love seeing the All-Star lot and the showroom loaded up again. Now, you may be looking for pre-owned vehicles. Well, everything you want in a pre-owned is available right there in Olive Branch at All-Star Chevrolet including Ram trucks, Jeeps, Nissan Rogues. And don't forget the Traverse, third row seating, so you can do more together. What are you doing? And better yet, what are you driving um, during spring break and, and Easter? People take vacations. Where are you going? You want to drive around in comfort, especially if you have a big family, you got to check out that Traverse. Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus. And at All-Star Chevy, they have everything you're looking for. If by chance they... Do not have a particular vehicle you're looking for, a particular make. Just ask Jeff or Kevin, and they'll find it for you. At least they're going to they're gonna die trying for you. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It has to be All-Star Chevrolet in Olive Branch. So come on out to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. There were 
seven games in the NBA last night. Nine of them were decided by 10 or more points. Many of them blowouts. There were two, obviously, decided by less than double digits. One was Minnesota and their nine-point win over San Antonio. Talk more about that in a second because the Grizzlies will play in Minnesota tonight. The other one, though, happened to be a great finish, and that was the Cleveland Cavaliers as they took on the Dallas Mavericks at home, and Max Sruess hit a three-pointer from beyond half court, about a 60-footer to win it for the Cavaliers, 121 to 119. Yeah, he was on one already. Um, he was knocking down three after three after three. Um, but then to, to do that, I mean, 59-footers to win games don't happen very often. Struess went 7 of 10 from three. He only shot the ball 12 times overall. Scored 21 points. Donovan Mitchell had 31 to pace Cleveland. Meanwhile, Luka Doncic, 45 points. He had 14 assists. He had nine rebounds. Kyrie had 30 points, six rebounds, three assists, and they fall. The Struess-Mitchell combination win a combined 14 for 21 from three. The Kyrie-Luka combination went 11 for 19. So those four guys were 25 for 40 Start, from three-point Stars stepping up? <laughs> like, it's, like nobody else in the game could make a three. But those guys were unbelievable from three-point range um, in that game. But, I mean, people don't realize, like, Cleveland's number two in the East right now. Cleveland is number two in the Eastern Conference standings. You know, Boston is running away with it. Boston is... They're seven and a half games up on Cleveland. ...is going to be easily the number mm-hmm. one overall seed. They've won, what, nine in a row nine now? Nine in a row. Um, but Cleveland right now is in the number two spot in the Eastern Conference. I don't think anybody would would real, really even realize that right now. Yes, but that's because of process of elimination. The Knicks are all banged up with injuries. They're really good. They made the trades, but they're hurt. The Sixers don't have Joel Embiid, so they went down the crapper. Still, they expect Embiid to come back for the postseason, so the Sixers will be a different team, you would imagine. And the Bucks have not been the same since they fired their coach and brought in Doc Rivers to coach the team, although a very capable team, still 17 games over 500. So while all those three teams were having their own issues, here comes Cleveland. They got back. They were missing a couple guys for a while there. They're healthy. They're playing great ball. But, yes, as you said, pales in comparison to what Boston is doing. If Boston can't win it all this year, I don't know what else to say. They went out. They made the trade in the offseason. They brought in Porzingis. They're 46-12. and 12. They're healthy right now. If you're a Celtics fan, you better knock on wood quickly. But they have, they have failed in the past. When you have Tatum and Brown, Porzingis, all the rest of those guys... They are loaded. They are deep. They were able to trade Marcus Smart away and not blink an eye. Yeah, they're, I mean, they are the best team in the league. Like, it's just, there's, um, can they stay healthy? All of those things that always come into play, but they are, I don't think there's any doubt, they are the best team in the league. Congratulations to Monty Williams and the Pistons. I didn't watch the game. I haven't looked at the box score. I don't know if they got calls. Last night. But after what happened the other night, 
and his implosion about the officials after the game, in which they lost to the Knicks. The Pistons go on the road, beat Chicago 105-95. There's a good chance um, they're not even going to end up with the worst record. Right. Despite setting the record with the losing streak, they probably are not going to end up with the, lo- the worst record in basketball. Right now, they're tied with Washington for last in the East, 9-49. and So it looks like a battle there because Charlotte's next with 15 wins. And then if you compare them to the teams in the West, San Antonio 11, Portland 15, and then you have the Grizzlies at 20. And the Grizzlies in Portland have the big two-game showdown. Get your tickets now, Friday and Saturday night at FedEx Forum. The Wizards, I like that team, that, they might challenge Detroit's losing streak record before us. <laughs> and the Wizards, I don't think the Wizards are at all interested in winning games, and they, um, they're very good at losing them. Yeah, I didn't notice that until you said it. I had to look it up very quietly. Twelve straight losses. No, they're they are like, and they just get blown out on a nightly basis. They're not even. It seems like every time I see one of their scores, it's not even competitive. It's just like they got destroyed, and I don't know how much they even care about that. Very quietly, Golden State continues to win games since the return of that guy, Draymond Green. They win over Washington. Of course, everybody and their mom, as you said, beats Washington. But 123 to 112, Golden State is now tied with the Lakers, even though percentage points, they're one percentage point better than the Lakers for ninth in the West. So they'd be in the play in. But for a while there, it did not even look like they would be a play in team. Now, both Golden State and the Lakers are four clear, clear of Utah and Five and a half clear of Houston. So it looks pretty good right now, although there's still 25-ish games to go. But it looks pretty good right now that the 10 teams in the West that are in position right now will be the 10 teams in the postseason. I don't see the Jazz going on this big run or the Rockets going on this big run. And then you forget about the Grizzlies, the Blazers, and the Spurs. So it looks like... You know, Golden State, maybe one last hurrah. Steve Kerr signed that two-year extension the other day for a trillion dollars. Speaking of the Grizzlies, tonight in action against Minnesota A, and hopefully it's a lot better performance than they put together against Brooklyn. All you could ask for is effort. Uh, tonight we get to see LeBron, I mean Le- Lamar Stevens. I was going to say LeBron James because uh, that's what he's being uh, heralded as now, the second coming. Uh, so we'll get to see Lamar Stevens play. But the Grizzlies will play Minnesota. Minnesota back-to-back after playing last night and beating San Antonio 114-105. to I would think that they'll play better. And then probably in, in Grizzlies fashion, play pretty good against the better teams and then normally lose in the end. Although they had won those two games before the All-Star break. We talked about Grizzlies history, not counting Vancouver in Memphis the lowest amount of wins in a season, lowest total, 22, done three different times. Right now they're sitting at 20 with 24 games to go. So you would think they would get that. And again, this week set up I would hope so, otherwise it's going to be a real miserable finish to the season. Right. But this week was set up perfectly, and it still may be a good week as far as wins, which again, does that mean a good week overall for the franchise with the draft lottery and all that stuff? All that jazz. Well, Monday they played Brooklyn and got clobbered. They got clobbered. Now you got Portland coming up after this Minnesota game tonight for two. And then Brooklyn again on the road on Monday. So going into the week, I was thinking, gosh, they're going to win. 
I think they'll win at least three. Really? Well, they're playing Portland. Portland's horrible. Horrible. So are the Grizzlies. <laughs> like, you know, but, but there are Grizzlies. Now, I, I mean, don't you think Portland's thinking like, oh, here's a chance to win a game. I bet Port, <laughs> I bet not Portland to win a game. I bet Anthony Simons. Did I tell this story yesterday on the air? I bet Anthony Simons to hit, what was it, over four and a half threes or over three and a half threes the other night. I'm watching the game. It's getting late. Of course, it's a West Coast game. I I, I want to go to bed. I'm like, come on, get, hit some threes. I, I look in the box score. <laughs> he, was, he was two for 17 from the field. The game was still going on. He was 0 for 11 from three. I go, there goes that money down the drain. Got to bet that bet it against the Grizzlies because we he always goes off against the Grizzlies. <laughs> yes, he yes. doesn't miss against the Grizzlies. So. Exactly. Um, I mean, obviously, yes, the Portland games you would – are the are the very winnable ones? Um, I mean, is Brooklyn that good? I mean, they showed it the other night. They got cro- clobbered last night. Better than the Grizzlies. <laughs> they are they're, again. They're better than the the Grussell. Yeah, but and, the, yeah, but I mean, the you're Grussell, not going to beat Minnesota. Grussell, I like that. Yeah, but yeah, but the Grussell has Lamar Stevens, man, and he was good. I know he's the next Michael Jordan. He's the next LeBron James. Just listen, to everybody. Go on X, man. Read what they what they're writing about this guy. They found a fine, man. They Boston gave up a LeBron James to the Grizzlies. That's fantastic. I I I, I like him. I, I think he is. He's one of the bright spots so far of this season. Oh gosh, he could he could be a part of your future. Yeah. Which is anybody you find out of this year that ends up being a part of your future. That's great. He might not be, but he could be. You fell into the spell of all these people. Um, uh, it's, it, there's not. There's a. There's a. To say a guy could be part of your future and might help your team is a long way from saying he's LeBron James or Michael Jordan. He's uh, he's looked good. Like he's I know. When we got Lamar Stevens, I didn't know a damn thing about Lamar Stevens. I had never heard of Lamar Stevens. Didn't know anything about him. So to see that he's actually been able to play and look competitive on an NBA floor, I'm like, hey, that's that's not bad at all. Like you got him for nothing, essentially. Lamar Stevens sounds like a guy who was like with the 1824 Whig Party. Lamar Stevens lost in the election. But yeah, he's played. He's played really well. And Michael- I don't believe there were a lot of Lamars. <laughs> Pretty sure there were not many Lamars in the Whig party, but I don't know. My history is not. I don't have a clear memory of all that. But I'm gonna guess not a whole lot of Lamars back then. There were. We were. We were making. White, there were I, I don't, white. I don't think we were making Lamars. There were white Lamars. There are white Lamars. I know there are white Lamars. I'm not even saying like I'm telling I you. I don't think there, there were many Lamars back then. I just I don't know. Maybe I, I'm wrong. I, I think you're I wrong. might be wrong. I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I'm gonna have to try to find that uh, and and get some material to back me up. Get some. A lot of people's last name is Lamar, but not the first name. Kendrick Lamar. He was part of the Whig Party back in 1824. No, in uh, in in seriousness, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're trying to find silver linings in what has been a crapola season. But they'd have to use one of those spots, and they don't have a lot of roster spots available. And we'll talk to DeMichael Cole more about this at 9.05. We talked about it last uh, last week with him about that because there's a lot of guys under contract, so a lot of moves would have to be made. You could add them on, but you have you would figure the spot for the lottery pick unless they trade that, and then probably another center if it's a center they take, which it may not necessarily be a center. They may still go out and get a veteran center. Uh, because depending on a young kid to take over for Steven Adams, it, it may not be the right way to go. So where will those spots come from? They don't have more than, what, two open roster spots right now? 
So you have to have a roster spot. But again, I, I think they could be extremely active uh, going into the draft. There, there's no question about it. I did want to ask this question before we take our next break. I know that you, especially Zach Boyd, are a homer. And that's fine. I don't mean that as a derogatory term. It's just you're a big fan of the Grizzlies. Right now, and I don't mean now injured Ja, but Ja Morant or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? That's the question. Give me the guy that has been to playoffs and won a playoff series. You're taking Ja Morant over Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Yes. Right now, I take Shea because he's healthy. I just said... (laughs) A healthy John Morant is no knock on John Morant. I'm taking Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that'll make a lot of people unhappy around here. But Shea Gilgis Alexander, the season he's having, the career he's putting together, he might be the MVP. He may be the MVP. He's got his I team mean, tied t- tied for first in the West. Like they could end up being the number one seed in the Western Conference, and we'll see what that gets them in the playoffs and how far they're able to go with that. But certainly, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a terrific player. Take the Beale Street Blue glasses off for a second. I'm taking Jaw still over Anthony Edwards, and that one's one that can go back and forth, and probably does among people around the NBA world. But I am taking Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That guy has won me over every single... He doesn't have a bad game. He doesn't have an off game. And Oklahoma City, you talk about a fun young team. The Grizzlies were that team and and maybe can get back to being that team next year. Obviously, they were dealt a horrible hand. But that Thunder team, if they could stay together... Remember when Durant and Harden and Westbrook were all at Oklahoma City? And it went... Just they weren't going to spend the money those guys wanted out now you got these young players Chet Holmgren's having an unbelievable year he's overshadowed of course by Victor Wembenyama who's going to be the rookie of the year but Holmgren after not being able to play last year fantastic Jalen Williams you have a star-studded team that's not stars they have the star capability but they don't get that notoriety except now Shea Gilgis Alexander is getting it uh, a couple people have uh, brought up Lamar Alexander, but again, uh, they, Lamar, I don't know how old he or when he was exactly governor and senator and all that stuff. It wasn't that long ago. Certainly not back when the Whig Party was no. in, in place. I'll look it up. Certainly not a member of the Whig Party. Find me one Lamar that was a member of the Whig Party. I'll assume there's a hundred. <laughs> okay. This hour of our program brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of Quince and White Station. That's where you'll find East Memphis Ace Hardware. That's where you'll find everything you need to get those projects done around the house. Everything you need, including a great friendly staff to help you find exactly what it is that you need. Plus, they got their key fobs. If you need a new key fob for that car, they they can save you a heck of a lot of money over the dealership. Of course, the big green egg, all the other grills, they've got that for you. Everything you can imagine. It's it's getting the springtime. It's that time to get outside, start doing those things, start hitting the grill. You can check those out there. Again, get those projects done, the outdoor projects you've been waiting on. They've got the stuff you need there at East Memphis Ace Hardware Corner of White Station and Quince. The NBA's competition committee is starting to take a look at possibly cutting down on the advantages that they give to the offense in the league, in the association. We'll discuss that when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Everybody's so four presidents were Whigs, not war Whigs, but were Whigs. William Henry Harrison, who didn't really have a long tenure, did he? John Tyler, Zachary Taylor, and Millard Fillmore. Some fa- uh, some famous Whigs. A lot more Millards than Lamars, probably, if some, I had to guess. Some, some famous Whigs, Daniel Webster, Henry Clay, William Seward, John Quincy Adams, John J. Crittenden, Crittenden, Crittenden County. Is that, uh, is that where that comes from? And then, okay, if you think there weren't Lamars back then, how much would you have bet that there was a Rufus? Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Rufus Choate, one of the famous uh, Whig Party members. But I did find Lamars. Lamar Looney, 1871 to 1935, American politician. Not sure if he's a Whig, though. Lamar Diddy Smith, born in 1892, was a civil rights activist tried to get um, the vote for African Americans. That, that's what I would have expected the Lamars of that time to be doing. But he was white. <laughs> Lamar Fontaine, American military veteran, politician, and author, born in 1829. So there were some Lamars. And again, there's a lot more Lamars now, and there's both Lamars that are white, Lamars that are African American. Okay, I was kidding about the wig. I don't know who's in the wig party, but I just threw it out there, and there are some Lamars. There you go. There's, you said one, you'd be happy. There you go. There's three at least that are connected. You didn't find one in the wig party, so I can't assume there's 100. Well, two, two of the three I just mentioned are politicians at least. They Maybe they wore a wig, okay? There you go. There you go. Maybe they wore a wig. I will stand by my thing. We weren't making a whole bunch of Lamars back then. <laughs> I'm shocked we saw we had a Rufus, though. All right, so the NBA's competition committee has officially begun receiving, excuse me, reviewing whether the game has become too advantageous for the offense and whether some changes need to be implemented to achieve better balance. Have we gotten to the point where there's too much scoring in the NBA? We know chicks dig the long ball, but come on. 140-something to 130-something, 150-something to 140-something. It's not always the case, but very rarely do you see games with teams under 100 points. Do we care? Does it matter? It's a three-point world that we live in now. Should they do something? And if so, Eli, what can they do? Uh, I don't know why they would want to take offense out of the game like i just don't i don't get why you ever think you have too much offense fans i don't believe fans are clamoring to see a 90 to 85 game nobody wants to see that it's awful i i don't scoring is fun up tempo scoring mm-hmm. that's what fans want to watch mm-hmm. guys hitting threes it the, the score i mean it, teams shoot 53s per game now like you know, not all, um, and that's a little bit of exaggeration, but there are games where teams shoot 53s, not like every game. But, I mean, 35 to 40 is a, that's just a regular night. I mean, you go back, 
you know, 10, 15, 20 years, like they just weren't shooting that many threes. If you go back further than that, like they were barely shooting threes at all. Um, so the scoring is going to go up. The analytics have told teams what you need to do. You either shoot threes or you shoot layups. That's it. You don't do the other stuff. The other stuff, bad. Those things, good. So like it, that's going to increase the scoring. So I, and I don't, I don't see the problem with that. I don't, I like, listen, I love that the, the whole grit and grind, grind era of the Grizzlies as far as the fact that they won games, but it was brutal basketball to watch. Like that's not fun. Winning games 85 to 80 is not entertaining basketball. This is way more entertaining. Winning overcomes having a boring team. You know, Virginia fans watching Virginia every year. It gets a little old, I'm sure. But if they win, and for the most part, Tony Bennett has been successful there, you accept it. But you're right. I don't think anybody outside of Memphis cared about grit and grind. But they certainly care about John Morant and his high wire act. There's no question about that. But maybe this is in response. It's The timing of this is weird because it's right after that debacle of an all-star game. And I know these aren't all-star games. These are regular season games, but some are more important than others. Some, they're playing a lot harder to win a game than others. We talk about the draft lottery, and they've changed that around as far as not making it as simple as the worst record gets the best chance. Uh, and it's getting the number one pick. What you know that has changed over the years, and they continue to do that. But I'm with you to a certain extent. I I I'd rather see these players step up and play a little better defensively overall. But that's on them. As far as changing the game or reverting back to what it once was, no. I'd like to see a little more physicality allowed in the game. Maybe that cuts it down a little bit. I don't mind. 120 to 115. It does get a little... I, I do question when we have those games that are... one, And they're, they're rare, but those 150-something to 140s or 140s to 130s, that looks like an all-star game to me where no defense is played. Yes, these are great shot makers. These are the best shooters in the world. But come on, man. Play a little defense, for goodness sakes. But again, it's... Teams now have five guys on the floor who can shoot the basketball. True. Like it's hard to guard. Like you're like, there's no there's no defensive specialist out there. Teams are going to always defer to the guy who can knock down shots. I mean, and, and if you're a center now, you better be able to knock down shots. If right. you can't, you really can't. It's hard to get on the floor. Right. So like you know, you're these teams are all gonna they want five shooters on the floor. That's tough to guard at any level. If you've got five shooters who are incredible athletes as well out on the floor. I don't care how good you are defensively. That's just really hard to guard those guys. I don't think the game's broke. I don't think it needs fixing. I think it's really, really good right now. Just maybe tune up or, or tighten up with the officiating. That would be nice. But I think as far as the game is concerned, the rules, I'm fine with it. I was fine with it when Bill Lambeer and Rick Mahorn were knocking you on your butt. But I'm also fine with what's going on now in the NBA. See, I, I, I mean, like to me, like that old piston stuff. I think it was ridiculous. Like, I, I do, I don't want to see anything like that back in the NBA. I want to see the world's best, best athletes doing what they do. Uh, I like the little physicality because that Pistons team. Not only did you have that, the bad boys, but you also had Zeke and doing what he did, scoring, shooting, and Dumar shooting as good as anybody, as well as anybody in the league. So it was a nice combination. That's why they had the success they did. I mean, the physicality. Sit down there below the basket right now and watch the wrestling matches that go on in the paint. <laughs> There's plenty of physicality.
Yeah. At times, not always, not consistently. They wrestle a lot. All right. And you're talking about 300-pound freak athletes who are wrestling. So it is what it is. I, I just, I, yeah, there's no sport in the world that I would ever, if I'm in charge of that sport, say, how do we get rid of some of this offense? Why do you think they're looking into that? I'm, I'm guessing. I'm, it's really strange to say, but it's the timing just seems like it's in response to the All-Star game. Well, they've been. This has been. This was talked about earlier in the year too. That people were complaining about all of the points being scored. Oh, were they? Which again, I did like. Fan, you I, fans? To me, you should be like, great. We're getting points that are being scored. And people around the league, some media, other stuff that follow the league that talked about just the number of points. But again, and it's not even this huge increase in points. I mean, it can, it can be a huge increase over time. But again, it's, the biggest increase is how many three pointers teams are shooting and how many guys they have on the floor who can shoot three pointers. Or they aren't going back to the medieval times of no three-pointer. That 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 is here to stay and has been for years and years, and that's not going anywhere. But, again, maybe a little bit better defense at times uh, might prevent a team from scoring 150 on you. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, hour number two. We open up talking Tigers basketball. The Tigers return to the hardwood tomorrow night at East Carolina. We'll be joined by assistant coach Andy Borman and then Jerry Palm at about 825 to give us his latest bracketology where things stand as we get closer to the NCAA tournament. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, and 98.5 FM.